The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. And we say a very good evening to Lawrence officially for the Gadget Guide. Hello, Julian. Welcome to Gadget Guide number 128, would you believe? Um, it's our ninth show for the year, and this uh, this show we're going to talk about messaging apps. We're going to look at two of them. We're going to look at WhatsApp and Signal. And Signal? Now, I haven't come across Signal. And we'll talk about Signal because of its relationship to WhatsApp. But first, the tech news, and a couple of interesting ones. Facebook's been in the news again this time through a privacy scandal breach again. This was a slight whoops uh, that happened on the 18th of May. They were testing a new feature, rolled it out, and it rolled out to 14 million users. And um, what it did is it changed the default posting preference to public. Ah. Yes. Now, normally when you post something on Facebook, it remembers the last preference you made for the privacy settings for your post. So, so this said, would probably be in a global settings to start off with, but then you could presumably change it yes. individually? After you've changed, after you've set your first post to friends only, after that it'll remember that. If you change your next post to being my best buddies only, the next post will default to that and so on. But they, they accidentally reset the default to global or public for 14 million users on the 18th of May. Uh, it rolled out, they, they discovered it fairly quickly and started running out of fix, which went live on the 22nd of May, fully corrected on the 27th of May, but they said, you know, that did affect quite a lot of people. Fortunately, they, they spotted it, and if you're using the app or the web application on your PC, they prompted everyone who was affected and displayed a message saying, we discovered this bug, we apologise for it, uh, we've gone through and fixed all of your posts for you, but please go and check them as well. So they, they handled it pretty darn well. Which and is, and that sort of nice. thing comes as a result of them flipping something on their server, or yes. as, a, as it's not as a result as, say, one of their many updates, no. and they seem to do so many no, of them. Th- this was a new feature update. You might notice some of the new features that have appeared in the last couple of days. If you're a member of a group, you'll see little icons next to people's names in groups now. You'll see little hand if they're new to the group. You'll see a little shield if they're an admin in the group. And you start to see some more icons appearing ah, in groups. That's which is, is quite nice stuff. It makes usability a bit better. Because they're taking out the trending news, aren't they, at yep, some point? it's going. I think they've decided it annoys people more than anything else, and most people can get their news from uh, Twitter. It, it didn't. <laughs> it never seemed to list anything that was particularly no. relevant. Bearing in mind how targeted they can be on, you know, spotting which websites I've been to to buy stuff. But they, it would tell you things give, like... They could give me a news story about my own country. Or tell you today's Kanye's West birthday, and it's like, do I care? No. Um, the other big news, Microsoft have bought GitHub. Now, GitHub, for those who haven't heard of it before, is a software repository that developers of software use to store their source code. So it enables people to store source code, share it, collaborate, and work on it. Now, it's not completely dump it there and the world can see it. You can make closed groups and so on. So if you're working on a project with uh, a bunch of collaborating partners, you can assign the, the project to a group of people and secure it and so on. And it's been very well used for a good number of years and Microsoft have bought it. Now, of course, this panicked a lot of developers who said, oh, you know, Microsoft are going to kill it. Microsoft have actually hired a new CEO who's going to run it, who's basically said, if we mess this up, we're basically going to mess it up for decades if we get it wrong. So we're not going to get it wrong. Um, They don't want to lose the trust of all the developers, so they're not going to do anything to make any changes to start with. What I don't quite understand, I thought something like that would have been, not just in public ownership, in the ownership of the people who who used it, rather than uh, being able to be owned by a body like Microsoft in the first place. It was set up as a company, so it was something you could acquire. Yes. Um, 
It's, it's going to be an interesting one to watch, but I think there's going to be tighter integration with Microsoft's products, obviously, with their, de- their developer products, but they're not going to lock out people who don't use their products. It's one thing that they've committed to. So it's going to be an interesting one to watch. I think it's going to help GitHub in that there's someone who's got a whole lot of money and a, a good interest in that sort of tool. Uh, last bit of tech news is an interesting one from Amazon. Uh, Amazon are just about to start taking pre-orders in the US for their new Fire TV box. That looks good. The Fire (laughs) TV Cube. They have basically merged an Amazon Echo device into a Fire TV box and turned it into one box that will then have your digital assistant in it as well as doing 4K TV. So that will be able to go from the box to my TV set without any wires or anything involved? Uh, there's still going to be an HDMI cable to hook it up. Oh, okay. Because video requires that sort of connectivity still, and it will be all the latest high-definition uh, specs, so it will do 4K video, for example. But could you tell it, say, I want, I don't know, I, I want you, to watch you, this you'll on be able to say to it, one or uh, whatever? Device, please pay, play me, um, you know, uh, uh, the Grand Tour. Okay. And it will then just start playing that for you. Now, you can do this already with the latest Fire TV sticks, which have got a voice commander remote. You push and hold the button and say, wake word. We're not going to say her name because otherwise everyone's <laughs> Amazon device will get upset. And it, and it does happen. It does happen. Uh, so you'll say the wake word when you're pushing the button, play whatever, and it will then play that program. And it's, it's pretty accurate because it's using the same technology that the voice assistants have all got. So they're starting to work out how to work out that you'd like to play the Grand Tour and you maybe you want the last episode that you watched, maybe you want the first episode. Um, you can also do controlling of your Fire Stick if you have an Amazon Echo device. So your Echo Show, your Echo Dot, your standard Echo, all of those can automatically control your Fire TV Stick. All you've got to do is go into your Amazon app on your phone, your uh, Amazon Echo app, and assign your Fire TV Stick to the Echo app. And then you can control it from your device as well. So you can just say, device, please play me, whatever, and your Fire TV Stick that you've assigned will start playing you that, or your Fire TV device. So... They have merged it into one box, so you'll only have to have one box in your living room plugged into your telly, which will then be your Amazon device, but do your TV as well. Talking about pricing, they're looking at about $90 in the States. No news on when it's going to arrive in the UK. Normally, we do tend to get things after the States, don't we? we? So, we and do. In other words, we'll, we'll be in the next batch, uh, one might, might imagine. Yes, we do tend to be slightly behind the US for certainly TV-attached devices like this, but also the Amazon Echo range has, has generally lagged behind a little bit because they do customise it for the UK market and the European market. So she talks British English. She understands average European English versus American, uh, you know, simplified English and all of that. Um, but not to make too much of a joke about American English. Um, I don't. There, there is a thought that the device, the, the new Fire TV with built-in Echo will be here hopefully in time for Christmas. So I that will be a nice, be nice little box, I think. I might find it under the Christmas tree on, on Christmas morning. <laughs> Certainly should be uh, an, an interesting one to... Um, to see when it gets here as to what it's going to do to the other dedicated boxes, the Roku's, the SkyQ's, and and those likes, because Amazon now allow you to subscribe to a lot of these TV channels via Fire TV. One thing which came out of the Apple announcement in the week was uh, another um, TV company, Charter, which is a, a US cable operator, using the Apple TV box as its main box. We've already had 
Canal Plus, which is, uh, I guess you might describe them as a kind of a French Sky, uh, they're going to be using the Apple TV box, and there are plans for Sky to put some of its own apps as opposed to the Now TV apps, which are there already, onto the Apple box. Mm. So there's now, kind of this blurring is beginning to take place. One of the crafty things about the Fire TV box is it will have an infrared transmitter in it. So it will be able to drive your SkyQ box, your Virgin TV box, and so on. So you'll be able to say to it things like, uh, device, please tune to ESPN. And that will know that ESPN's on your Virgin box. Please change your Virgin box to that and select Virgin on the TV. And, of course, Amazon getting the uh, the Premier League rights as well, yep. or some Premier League rights. Yep. As far as I can work out, BT is the only operator that you will be able to get get all of them on. Yes. At the moment. As, At assume, moment. Assuming you have deep enough pockets all, to pay for them. All of these things are fluid and variable and just depend on... Um I know. So it's Who's a, throwing the most money at it's, things? It's a couple of seasons away, isn't it? So I suspect by the time we get there, so uh, will all the others. After the break, we'll come back and talk about messaging on your mobile devices. And welcome back from the break to the Gadget Guide, looking at messaging apps. Now, in 2015, uh, April 2015, we, on the Gadget Guide, talked about messaging apps. And, of course, tech has changed and some of those have been discontinued. Can you remember Meerkat? Meerkat? I don't remember Meerkat. Vine? Yes. Uh, yes, remember Vine. And is anyone still using BlackBerry Messenger? Is anybody still using a BlackBerry? <laughs> That's the question. Um, so what can we use instead of good old SMS and text messaging, which still works for those people who have a non-smartphone uh, and just want a telephone? Obviously, text is going to be the thing for them. So the, the biggest one in the world is WhatsApp. And we talked about this in 2015 as one to watch because it had been owned at that point by Facebook for a year. Facebook bought them in 2014. And... At the moment, it is currently the world's most popular messaging platform, claiming at the moment to have 1.5 billion active monthly users. Wow. Claiming to do 55 billion messages a day. Wow. Uh, 4.5 billion photos a day. Oh my and a billion video messages a day. So the, what intrigues me as uh, effectively, as I, you know, I tend to use text, mm -hmm. um, but of course you can't legislate for what your friends uh, might want to <laughs> no, use. So that for, is the challenge. For, for example, uh, Lucy here, when she sends me a message, uh, she sends me a message, message via WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. And what, what, yeah, I've got other friends who, yeah. who, who do the same. Yeah. And so why, well, I guess let's ask Lucy, why did you switch to WhatsApp from sending a regular text. Was there anything that, that um, drove it? I'm not sure, really. I don't know what it is. I, I find it a lot easier and quicker to sort of, like, type up a message and to cut... I, I guess it keeps all the groups together. You tend to use WhatsApp at first for group messages, don't you? And I don't know. Um, I think, I think uh, uh, people come to it from different aspects. Groups is a, is a useful thing, and it's something that people who haven't used a messaging app might not be familiar with, and it is literally bringing a bunch of people together mm. into one chat forum on your device that everyone can message and everyone can see the messages. So rather than just me messaging you, Julian, I could message you and Lucy. Mm. We'd all see each other's messages and we could have a discussion or and conversation. And I suppose the advantage over that is I know that um, you know, I've tried with other people to do group messages on Apple's text service. Now, there's nothing wrong with Apple's uh, text service, 
but of course it kind of helps to all have Apple. Yeah. Whereas with WhatsApp, it's a specific thing, and you know that everybody is going to be receiving that message yes, for sure. Yes, WhatsApp at least has the, the advantage of being multi-platform, so it works on your iOS, it works on, on your Apple device, and it works on your Android devices. Mm-hmm. The biggest drawback, I think, is that they don't really have a PC client. Okay, there's WhatsApp Web, which you can launch web.whatsapp.com. That's very useful. Scan a QR code with your WhatsApp app, and then log into your WhatsApp on your PC. Yeah, I use a similar one on the on the Mac, similar sort of system with the QR code. Yeah, so WhatsApp Web works the same on PC and on Mac uh, and on Linux as well. So anywhere you can get a web browser, you can load WhatsApp Web. But your challenges with that is it is just in that browser session. You don't get notifications necessarily, and you've got to remember that if you go to another PC, it's not going to be running there unless you open it and so on. So it gets a little bit of a faff, but it does work and it gives you that option. So... When we talked about WhatsApp originally, uh, it just did text messaging. It didn't have groups. That, those have all come in the last couple of years since we talked about it in 2015. Um, they added voice calling. So now you can use WhatsApp to make phone calls. Okay, These cost nothing other than the data you're using. So this is very interesting as to what it's doing to the mobile phone companies who are wanting to sell you bundles of minutes in that you're not using their minutes anymore because you're just pushing data. And, of course, Mm -hmm. if we've all got Wi-Fi connections, we're using our Wi-Fi, it costs nothing to do communication anymore. Also, in 2016, they took away their $1 a year subscription charge. Oh, yes. They dropped it. (laughs) Um, Why why did they have that in the first place? They did it specifically to stop or to slow down sign-ups. It was literally because they couldn't scale their platform fast enough that they just put that in as a little hurdle just to slow the number of people signing up every month, which is is phenomenal when you think about that. It made them money and helped them actually grow slower Mm. because they wanted to grow slower. Grow at the rate they wanted to grow at. So in 2016, the big change happened, and this is where they announced that they encrypted everything. So every communication you put into WhatsApp groups, Individual messages, voice messages, video, sending pictures, all of it is encrypted between your device and your recipient's device. WhatsApp can't even read your message. Now, how does that uh, differ then, say, from what, what Apple Messages might might do? Or Skype, for example, is another right. one. So some of those don't do encryption by default. Some of those also, once the message is received on the device, it's no longer encrypted. WhatsApp encrypts everything, including what's stored on the device. Okay, so... It's more secure, and it's secure by default. You don't have to think about turning anything on. You can also verify the security as a user. You can say, did Julian actually send me this message? Can I verify that it was Julian who sent it? So you can look for people spoofing things in the, bit, in the middle, man-in-the-middle attacks. Um, the other thing they added in 2016, they added two-factor authentication, and we've talked about this before. This is where you have something other than your username and password, so a text message or some other device so that your account is secure, and they added this to basically make the app uh, almost government grade. And I say almost, because what was interesting is they they also stopped doing uh, data collection for Facebook for EU citizens for advertising. So they got themselves already lined up. I think they they read the GDPR draft early (laughs) and sorted themselves out. They also added video calling in November 2016. Now, WhatsApp has been banned in some countries because of its strong encryption and countries that want to sniff the messages running around. Do I need to ask which countries? <laughs> Probably not, I suspect. The main one that's still banning it is China. Okay. And it's mainly because China banned Facebook, uh, so they banned it. it. It has been banned in Turkey, it's been banned in Brazil, around generally political uh, reasons, economic reasons, and also some suspected So if I go, reasons. for the sake of argument, if I go to Turkey on holiday and I pull out my phone, I won't be able to use WhatsApp. You They'll should be blocking now. something. It's been unblocked. Okay. 
Um, they also added the group's features and have added new features to the groups literally in the last couple of weeks. They've added a, a facility to put a description on your group so that you know what the group is about. They've added admin control so that the person who owns the group, or you can add multiple owners of the group, can do things like kick people out of groups, uh, can basically secure the groups and make it more like what we're used to with Facebook groups, potentially. Um, you can also uh, now work out where you got to in reading the group, so you know where the catch-up point is. Where did I last read to? And you can also search through the group to see who's in the group. So these groups, are these ones which are normally set up amongst friends or, say, organisations, some sort of club you belong to, or would there be groups, I don't know, if we uh, wanted to find out about the Cardassians, would there be, a, not that we would, so but all, were we to want to do that? Oh, I would don't there, know, Julian. You, you think so? All, all, all groups <laughs> would there be a group for that? All groups are established by individuals. Okay. WhatsApp don't go and go, we're making a group. And there, there might be some for admins and so on, but or developers, but they don't actually police or moderate groups. So groups Kim might have her own group, which she is set up, do, yes. and then any one of us could then subscribe to that quite if we potentially, wanted to. Quite okay. potentially. Um, what else was I going to say about WhatsApp? Uh, let's come back to that. So uh, we talked about it being encrypted. Oh, yes. Um, signal. Signal is the other messaging app I was going to talk about. Now, Signal is an interesting one that started as a an app called Redphone and an app called Tech Secure in 2010, developed by a company called Whisper Systems. And they were all about encrypted everything and all of communication encrypted, mobile device to mobile device. So basically what we've got in WhatsApp today, they were bought by Twitter in 2011. And about six months after that, Twitter released all of the source code into the open source but basically use it to build Twitter's own encryption and pr improve their security. That's why they bought them. The original found, one of the original co-founders, Moxie Marlinspike, left Twitter and founded Open Whisper Systems. So he's just made the open version of his original company. Um, has made the app. All of the source code is publicly available on GitHub. Uh, so anyone can go and look at their source code, look at how it works. All of their server source code is on GitHub as well. So you can examine exactly how the technology works. So you can audit it. And this is important for security applications so that developers can actually go in and go, yes, it is encrypted. Yes, it does what it says. There are no back doors. So we can verify things like that. Okay, there's no secret MI5, MI6, uh, NSA backdoor into our communications. Uh, based on that and based on the audits that Signal's had uh, by the wider IT security community, uh, in 2017, March 2017, the US Senate approved Signal for use by senators and staff for secure communications. And they're, they're quite sensitive. You remember the, the Hillary Clinton email issue when she was using a, a private email account for, for communications. Yes. I think, I'm assuming, what, she's Secretary of State. So, interestingly, the Hillary campaign uh, approved Signal for use when they were talking about anything that might be slightly irre irreverent about Trump. <laughs> and it all went on Signal because the whole thing is encrypted. It's encrypted on the device and basically that signal protocol is what's used in WhatsApp now. It's used in Facebook Messenger and Google uh, Google Allo. The difference is Facebook Messenger and Google Allo don't encrypt everything by default. You've got to go in and turn that on. And Microsoft are also looking at using signal to improve the Skype encryption. So the scenario, though, is I wouldn't have a signal instead of WhatsApp, I'd probably have Signal as well as WhatsApp, wouldn't yes. I? Like, Sig like so many of these things, there seems to be, you know, like, it's like weather apps. You know, I've got two or three weather apps, I've got two or three communications apps. You, so, you kind of need multiple versions of everything. If we give you a comparison to sending a letter, WhatsApp is your royal mail, you're guaranteed that it's going to get there, you put a first-class sample on it, no one's going to open the envelope. 
and you can check if the envelope's been opened. Signal is your Royal Mail signed for secure <laughs> delivery. Okay. Guaranteed no one's touched it and looked at it. The interesting thing is you've just got to install the app on your phone. It looks at your phone directory, your contact list, works out who else is already using it, and you're set to go. They do have a PC client, which makes them a little bit ahead of WhatsApp, so you can use it on your desktop as well, but you have to pair it via your phone. Your phone numbers your identity. The difference is WhatsApp uses a mobile phone number. Signal lets you use a landline number as well as your identity. I know a lot of people don't like using WhatsApp because they've got to identify themselves with their phone number and they feel that that might be an invasion of their privacy and their identity. If you want to use the service, it seems entirely reasonable you should give a little bit of information away. (laughs) So go go and take a look at Signal. Uh, Great bit of software, free of charge to use, uh, completely open source.